welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, ladies, to the She Talks Health podcast. This is your host, Sophie Shepard, founder of She Talks Health, and I'm really excited because today we have a very dear friend of mine on the podcast to talk about something we haven't yet talked about. Drum roll, we have Jennifer Woodward on to talk about breast implant illness. So let me tell you a little bit about Jennifer before we welcome her onto the show. She is one of my dearest friends, first of all, and she is someone I trust so much. She's super smart because she's certified as a functional diagnostic nutritionist, a board certified functional wellness coach. She's also currently getting her master's in integrative nutrition because she just is extra. (laughs) She's the executive director of the Association of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Professionals, and she loves helping us new FDNs thrive professionally. And she was recently a quarter-long guest lecturer in graduate endocrinology at Parker University and also completed a three-month-long internship with the incredible Dr. Corinne Dunstan. I'm not sure if I said her name correctly. And that's where she got her hands-on training in women's hormones. She is literally amazing. She's got kids that she's homeschooling. She is a superwoman, and we are so, so lucky to have her on the show. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Sophie. That was the nicest introduction. I have to say, I sound better on paper. <laughs> no way. You do not. I know you in real life and you are amazing in real life too. Like I'm always just like, wow, what would Jennifer do? <laughs> I, love it. I just love that we've gotten to get close over the last year and a half or so. I just love getting to collaborate with you and learning things from you too. Getting to talk about the Dutch test and our clients is just so much fun. It is so fun. Like we'll literally just be texting about like, what about this hormone? And what about this? Like I just found this on a Dutch hormone test. (laughs) And um, I just love this relationship so much. And I totally look up to you and all that you've learned in women's hormone health. And also watching you go through this last, maybe not the last part of your health journey, but this last leg of your health journey in removing your breast implants and how much I've literally physically am looking at you right now and see how much lighter you look and how much healthier you look. Not that you didn't look healthy before, but there's just this glow 
that you've got. So congratulations and taking a huge step. I mean, surgery, gosh. And we're just really grateful that you're sharing openly about your experience so others with implants may learn something about how they might be affecting their health. Yeah, my friend. I really appreciate you saying that only because you're right. It's kind of like an underground thing, you know, like, are you going to tell your kid's fourth grade teacher that you're getting your breast implants out, you know, like, or the old ladies at your church, right? So <laughs> it's definitely something that like not a lot of people talk about, but it's been so interesting that once I started sharing my journey and my story, like people started coming out of the woodwork. I had people from all over, you know, everywhere, my, my own community, like my own sphere of influence, and then just like online were emailing me and texting me and DMing me, like talking about their stories. And I feel like it's so interesting because it's not necessarily just the people that you would think, you know, it's not like 20 and 30 year old women. I'd have 60 and 70 year old women who were calling like for consults because they said, I've had my implants for 30 years and I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it affects so many women. We just don't realize, you know? Yeah. I mean, so many, so many women get implants and then it's kind of funny that we didn't ever think about it though before now. I feel like this is a huge movement that's coming out about breast implant illness and it makes sense that you know we've it's kind of a newer technology that now maybe it's coming home to roost a bit in people's bodies and I think it's funny that we never really thought well like yeah, we're putting this kind of synthetic stuff into our body. How could that affect us? And I think a lot of that's happening. So I would, I mean, I would just love to, let's start at like maybe the beginning of your story with this. How did you decide, I think I need to remove these, like this could be part of my, my issues. Like what kind of issues were you having or what kind of issues are you seeing with women with breast implant illness? Yeah. Good question. So I'm 39. I got my implants when I was 19 and I just got married to my husband. I know I got married when I was 19, but you know, he was all for it. We're like, let's spend the $10,000 we have in savings on my boobs. We're both like, high five, let's do it. <laughs> and That's so it was- funny. <laughs> I love that you did it like in conjunction with your husband. He's like, yeah, okay. I'll get you some boobs. Let's do it. <laughs> Totally. Yes. And honestly, for a long time, like I didn't think about it, right? I didn't have a bunch of problems at the beginning. Mine were sailing. I knew that before I even got them, like I knew we were going to have kids. I wanted to be able to breastfeed. So I remember even at 19 telling my doctor, make sure you're not cutting my mammary duct so that I can nurse in the future. And, you know, fast forward four babies later, I could not breastfeed appropriately. So I always had to use something called a supplemental nursing system, which is basically like a, like a bottle for babies where they suck formula out of a straw that kind of attaches to your nipple as they're nursing. So it continues to increase your milk supply, but they're also getting that supplemental formula so that they, you know, don't have failure to thrive. So that was kind of one of the first things where I'm like, you know, my body's not necessarily working the right way, but I, I put that out of my mind. There are too many other things to worry about. Fast forward about, about 20 years later, I'm working, you know, pretty heavily in the functional nutrition space. And Dr. Kieran Dunstan, who I interned with this summer, uh, we had a group of ladies that we were coaching together. And one of our other coaches, who's actually a naturopath and is actually in our AFD&P group, she was saying that one of her private clients, you know, that in, the, in this larger group wasn't going to heal completely until she removed her implants. And I just sat there. I remember in that coaching round table, I'm just thinking like, well, of course she can heal. Like I have implants. I'm fine. Right. (laughs) Oh man. And that realization when it smacks you in the face, like, Oh, wait a second. (laughs) It's totally how that went down. Sophie. Yes. We're like, even as I'm saying those words to myself, like there's this other little voice saying like, hold up, you know, (laughs) let's, let's think about that for a second. So that was really like 
number one, the first time where I started thinking like legitimately, maybe this isn't, you know, the innocuous thing I think it is. Right around that same time, actually another AFTNP member, we know Becca wanted to Becca, do- Becca, uh, Kyle on my team? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is she on your team? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Becca's in hey, Becca. the- yeah, Becca, Kyle is, I have three coaches now on my team in the She Health Experience. Becca is my other FDN that we we tag team, kind of how you and I tag team on all sorts of uh, testing and all of our clients together. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I love Becca. And I have to say Becca is like a huge part of my healing journey because she offered to do a Healy scan on me. So that's like a bioresonance scanning. Forgive me if I'm saying that wrong, Becca, but it's essentially measuring, measuring the energy in your body and figuring out where deficiencies and dysfunction lies. And I remember like we were Facebook chatting back and forth, like DMing. And she's like, this is weird. You, the Healy says you've got a lot of scar tissue. I'm like, girl, your Healy's wrong. I don't have scar tissue. Like I've never broken a bone. I didn't have any C-sections. Like I haven't had any surgery. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> yes, oh I have gosh. had a surgery. Um, and <laughs> my brain's like, and you know, somewhere in the back of my head, I just remember reading about like the scar encapsulation, right? So like your your scar tissue that covers the implant, like that's a it's a capsule. And you know, the more I started thinking about that, the more I realized I have this huge amount of scar tissue in my body that's encapsulating, you know, these saline implants. And so I talked wow. with her a little bit more about that. Whoa. I remember when she was talking about that Healy thing last year and I was like, what's Healy? Who's Becca? (laughs) Okay. So you're like having these light bulb moments and then did you start tying it into how you were feeling? Was there certain stuff you couldn't get rid of? I know you, you mentioned, I think some like estrogen dominant symptoms that were going on. Yeah, you are, you are a good study there, sister, because that's the third thing. So there are definitely like three things. And I feel like when things come in threes, you need to pay attention. And so the third thing was I took my access hormone test that we run at FDN and I just wanted to try it out before I used it with my clients. I usually run the Dutch. That said, I'm going to stick with the Dutch, but I will tell you on the access lab, I found completely tanked hormones. So estrogen, no progesterone, no testosterone, no no cortisol. I mean, and I've been working on my health for, you know, especially in this space for six years plus, but just in general for, you know, 20 years or so. So I just felt like, what is wrong with me? I'm doing all the things I'm eating like this whole food ancestral ancestral diet. I get outside in the sun, my vitamin D is optimized. You know, I'm, I'm exercising appropriately, but not too much. My sleep is pretty decent. So I just thought, gosh, there is something, you know, some root issue that is just causing kind of this chaos in my body. And so I remember it was a Friday and I, uh, my husband came home from work and I was like, Hey Bo. <laughs> so I think I might need to get my implants out. Cause I think it's causing this, this, and this. And he just looks at me and he's like, I'll be right back. And he went and poured himself a bourbon, <laughs> came back and he toasted. He's like, to your boobs. We've had a great run. I love your husband. I can't <laughs> wait to meet him. <laughs> you would love him and he would love you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. He sounds amazing. Kind of like, well, you want to do this? Great. Oh, you want to do this other thing to reverse it? Great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty cool about it. So, you know, of course it's a, it's a financial investment. It's not in cover. It's not covered by insurance. It's an elective surgery. Even if you do have true issues digging deep enough, you can find, you know, the roots of some of those hormone imbalances. And I'm, I'm sure we'll get into this, but a lot of the symptoms that women have with breast implant illness are vague, right? We call it kind of like idiopathic. We can't find a reason why these symptoms are happening. Things like headache, brain fog, fatigue, muscle soreness, inability, like low libido, really like inability to orgasm, 
estrogen dominance is huge because you got all this plastic in your body, right? And that was that was something that I've dealt with in the past is high estrogen levels. Um, and I was still doing all the things that I'm supposed to be doing. So I know a lot of those really vague symptoms were things that I had been experiencing markers for Hashimoto's thyroiditis, elevated TPO antibodies, psoriasis, my body's trying to push toxins out through my skin and couldn't really fix those despite, you know, really, really dialing in my lifestyle and my diet and, and whatnot. So I, I'd run through that list of symptoms with Bo and told him, hey, I'm just going to reach out to some people in my community and start looking for a surgeon just to get some information. And the first woman that you know I reached out to, she's down in Newport. I live in Central California. And one of my clients had actually gone to her for an explant and loved her. She got me in that afternoon with a Zoom consult. I couldn't believe it. So I was like, wow, I'll pay your down payment. Let's do this. <laughs> amazing. That's so amazing that you, I mean... First of all, that you were listening enough to your body to be like, wait a second, I need to address this thing that's happening. And then two, to follow through with something that, I mean, I don't have implants and I've been blessed. Yeah, you're for sure amazing, Sophie. Beautiful tatas. But, you know, I certainly have friends who have implants and I know that it's a huge part of their confidence and how they feel in their bodies. So to then have to reverse that financially, but also emotionally, that must've been really a hard decision to, to do that. But I guess you would invest a lot of time in your health. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Cause actually I've got a handful of clients who I'm walking through this process with them. And one of them actually decided to back out of her explant because she was so worried about maybe some of those like mental and emotional ramifications of removing something that's yours. I had them for 20 years, you know, it's part of my body. I remember, you know, walking past the mirror, putting on a shirt or, you know, sitting in a car with a seatbelt. Like those are just things that are kind of, you know, normal that you do. And then once that part of your body's altered or different, I don't know. I don't want to be like crass, but I will tell you, Bo and I had a discussion between like making my boobs smaller and him, you know, making other body parts smaller. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> how, how would you feel? I'm like, okay, I get it. That's cool. But it's not exactly apples to apples or bananas to bananas is the case maybe. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. It's like you're how you feel about it, how your partner feels about it. I mean, how you identify as a person, as your body type. I mean, it's a lot of emotional stuff to go through, I would think. Yeah, yeah it is. And I, I won't, like I did think about it. I like journaled about it. I prayed about it. I thought about it. I talked to people about it. And I, I am the kind of person where if I come to a decision, like I'm a hundred percent going toward that decision. Like I will not back down or back out. And so once in my mind, I realized like, Hey, this is how it's going to be in my mind. I'm like, I'm going to feel better afterwards. I'm going to, you know, be strong. I just felt like that, <laughs> that happened by God's grace. It happened, but I wasn't, I, I don't feel like I would have let my emotions sway me in that way. Just knowing on the other hand, I was, or on the other end, I was going to be healthier. Right. Um, yeah. but like I said, other women, it's, it, it can be hard as it's part of your identity. So it's definitely something you need to think through before you enter into something that drastic, you know? Yeah, I'm absolutely. And it's, again, it's a individual woman's choice, her body, her choice. And it, I think it's great that we're talking about how things can shift for you. If it's the choice that you do want to get it out, or you have the financial ability even to get it out. So we talked about some symptoms, so headaches, brain fog, fatigue, low libido, estrogen dominance from all the xenoestrogens from the plastics, maybe some autoimmune things, some skin things. It's a lot of symptoms. That's a pretty miserable list of, of symptoms to be dealing with. So it's, you know, I guess it's that weighing of like, 
the body stuff and the body image versus feeling your best. And, and that's your individual choice. And it sounds like for you, it was important for you to get your health optimized. Yeah, a hundred percent. I remember too, like now just on the other side, when I was younger, like I was always athletic. I was always playing sports. I was always like moving my body and having that like interim period where my boobs were just so big. I was having babies and like gaining weight and losing weight and just the fullness of that. I was still athletic. I still like to, you know, move and play sports and work out and stuff. But honestly, now it sounds funny, but I just feel like I'm more me. I just feel like I'm back to like me. And it's a small thing in life, but I was talking with one of my girlfriends who's also had an explant. Like she said, I feel sexier now than I did when I had my big boobs. I'm like, that's how I feel. I just feel like I'm more who I'm supposed to be. And again, that's just me. And maybe it's weird, but it just makes me more confident and thankful and, you know, happy. Well, you certainly seem radiant. I mean, your face looks different. You look so much less inflamed. And I mean, it's just amazing, like how much you can shift and you already looked healthy before that. But then when you look at comparison, it's like, wow, like I was kind of hanging on to that thing. And, you know, I think we can relate that to almost any condition. I mean, when I had IBS, I was like, oh, it's, it's fine. Like I just had diarrhea three times today. It's, it's totally cool. Like, you know, or it's like, oh, my back just hurts. Like, you know, 70% of the time, like it's fine. Cause I'm just used to it. Or, you know, you, you do, you get used to these symptoms and these ways of being. And then when you get this massive shift and this removal of something toxic from your life, all of a sudden, whether it's you know, mold or implants or a toxic person, you get to come alive again. And that's everything. I don't think that's small. I think that's, that's really everything. That's how you live your life in the essence of who you are. It's amazing. I love how you put that. I love it. And I think I'm not, if you guys go to my Instagram, it's Jennifer Woodward nutrition, but I did post a picture like right before I went into surgery, I didn't feel like I was, you know, that inflamed, honestly, but I took a picture just because it's kind of something that people in this community do. And I thought, surely it's not going to be that big of a difference. But the picture I took immediately afterwards is it's night and day. I look like there is just five pounds of inflammation in my face alone that was gone within, you know, eight hours. Like the surgery was long. It was, it was eight hours, but immediately afterwards, even though I'd been, you know, on an anesthetic and whatever other drugs they put me on to do surgery, like I looked immediately healthier. And that was, that was a really big confirmation for me. Yeah. That picture was amazing to me to see too. Cause I was like, wow, like look at that. Just inflammation just left your body. And I have a couple of before and after pictures of myself like that when I was had Hashi's and it's funny now too, even looking back, I have this picture behind me on our piano of me at my sweet 16. And I'm like, Oh my God, I think I had Hashimoto's like when I was 16. Cause I'm so puffy and it inflamed. And it's not about like wanting to lose weight and all that. It was actually just about feeling your best. And like looking at my face in comparison, my face is slender, much less puffy and inflamed. So yeah, I remember seeing that photo and being like, Whoa, I need to have her on the podcast. We need to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. It, it's crazy. So I would imagine that when looking at, I mean, for you, it sounds like it was really easy. You found someone, but what are some steps that someone might take if they're thinking about taking these out? Like, how do you find a good surgeon? How do you do safely? Do you have to do any sort of detox prep or aftercare? Like, what do you do if you're like, I think I'm going to get these out. Like, what's that process? So many good questions. Okay. So here, here's what I definitely recommend. 
reach out to your own circle and see, because inevitably, if you are thinking about getting your implants out, you know, somebody who has gotten their implants out too. So I, I really do love like word of mouth and like almost that sphere of influence, I think is the most helpful thing. Cause you want to have some connection with somebody who's, you know, taking care of your body in such an intimate way. So for me, I was lucky. I had recommendations from three different surgeons, um, just with people that I knew, you know, you can reach out to people like on Facebook. The one resource that I loved was breast implant healing with Nicole. Everyone references this group. It's a Facebook group. That's like 200,000 women strong. There are lots of references in there for different doctors in your area. Can you um, say it one more time? Breast implant. Yeah. Healing breast implant illness with Nicole. It's a, I'm in that group. <laughs> of I was, uh, yeah, because, um, a month ago I was up in Vail and I was killing time at, um, this is going to sound so pretentious. My fiance was working at the Ritz Carlton. And so I was there cause who doesn't want to hang out the Ritz. And there was a woman talking and we just started talking about what we do. And she was like, yeah, I work at like an explant place. Like that's what they do all day long. And she's like, you should check out this Facebook group. So I checked it out. I'm like, wow. I had no idea. There was so many hundreds of thousands of people dealing with this. So many women. I'm so glad you're in that group. It is a great resource. I will say it's so big that it's going to be, I think, hard to drill down, like, and cut through that information, which is why I recommend like going to somebody that, you know, you yeah. know, or like talking with somebody that, you know, but the, also the, there's a website called breastimplantillness.org. Um, and that's got a list of doctors in your area. You can kind of search up. I did start there just to look and joined a couple other Facebook groups, reached out to other people for consults, but I ended up canceling those consults just because um, my doctor got me in the same day for a consult and I loved her. So I'm like, I see why you were recommended. I would like to work with you. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, she was great. So you're saying you feel the best way is to definitely reach out to your own circle. Someone's going to know someone and you're probably going to find your doctor that way. Were there any questions that you needed to ask that surgeon? Like I know for endometriosis, you want to make sure that the surgeon's a explant expert um, and that kind of thing. So were there any things that you needed to kind of verify with your surgeon before going under the knife? Absolutely. So if you are getting an explant, you want to find a surgeon who is, has experience in the on-block capsulectomy. So that's E-N-B-L-O-C, on-block capsulectomy, because if you're removing this from your body, you want that entire capsule, that scar tissue that your body's built around the, the implant to also be removed. That's what's harboring like the viruses, the bacteria, the parasites, all, all the junk. And there are lots of, especially when explants were starting to become more in vogue, there were lots of physicians who would just, you know, cut the breast, remove the tissue or remove the implant without getting that capsule out. And it's extremely important that the capsule comes out too. So you want to verify that your surgeon has expertise in on-block capsulectomies. And then also I asked my surgeon, are you going to send a piece of my tissue to a lab to independently verify whether or not there are any markers for cancer? There's a specific cancer associated with the scar tissue and implants. And I don't remember the name of it. It's like TIC or something. It's a three letter acronym. And that thankfully that lab test came back and there was no, you know, no markers of cancer in my capsule, but a piece of that scar tissue is sent out generally by a reputable physician to one of those laboratories that'll test for it. You also want to make sure that your doctor will either film or photograph the capsule. You want to make sure that all of it's out. So a good doctor who will do explants actually will, you know, lay everything out on a table for you and take pictures of the implant 
and then also the capsule. So I have those, which are incredible. So I can see, okay, everything's been removed. You can see the size of your capsule, whether or not the scar tissue is thick or thin, and whether or not there's any mold in your implant. Mold tends to be an issue for saline implants only because it's it's water. And if your you know original implanting surgeon wasn't extremely conscientious about safety, really, and like cleanliness, my doctor was telling me that you know 20, 30 years ago when doctors were doing saline implants, they would pull saline from a big tank in the operating room. And so anything could be in that tank of water, you know, mold, viruses, bacteria. So that's where a lot of these horror stories of like mold and bacterial infections of saline implants have come from. But more recently, obviously the sterilization is a lot more on point, right? Oh my Uh, gosh, how scary is that? And you have had them for 20 years. So I was a little worried about mold, honestly. Yeah. Did, did, did you come back clear for the mold? Yes, no mold. Fantastic. Yeah, I've, I've heard some really crazy horror stories with the mold issue and the saline. Wow. Never heard that about the whole vat of saline. <laughs> That's so scary. Okay, so we've covered resources. Go make sure they have M-block capsulectomy, <laughs> um, that they're going to send the tissue to a lab verification of cancer, and that they're going to um, check for mold and film and photograph everything. Wow, that's a lot of detail. I know it's crazy. And it's like crazy how fast you can pick this stuff up. And you know me, Sophie, like as soon as I got into this, I read everything I could, every journal article I could, every book I could, every like website and resource I possibly could. So I'm drawing from like people who've gone before me in mm-hmm. knowing what questions to ask and what things to look for. So I'm just super thankful. There's a lot out there in this community, you know, plenty of resources. That's amazing. And so in your research, going back to kind of before and after, like we were just talking before we press record about how I need to um, get all my metal out of my mouth. And so there's some prep things that I can do to prepare my body before. Did you do any preparation or anything after surgery to support your body? Yeah, I definitely did. And I feel like you can totally get into the weeds with this sort of thing. Like your body is meant to be in balance, right? And once you remove the sources of imbalance, it tends to respond pretty quickly. But beforehand, like I knew I was going into a major surgery. So not only did I have my implants removed, but I've had four kids and I was like, I'm not going under the knife again. So you can lift that shit for me. Okay. <laughs> so got a lift. I love it. Oh my gosh. And I'm pretty happy with that. I'm very, I'm very glad that that was part that I decided to tack on. Cause like I said, I don't want to go underneath again, but I knew it was going to be an eight hour surgery, lots of trauma for my body. So I did start taking designs for health amino acid synergy, which is just liquid amino acids to make sure that I, I had digestive issues too. So that was another reason I, I thought, you know, I better get these out. That's been associated with implants as well. And so I wanted to make sure I had plenty of bioavailable amino acids so my body could start repairing itself appropriately. So that was a big part of what I did along with lots of collagen. I would do three servings of collagen a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner with my tea, smoothies, or soup. And then the month leading up to surgery, stopping two weeks ahead of time, I would use a lot of vitamin C. It's an anti-inflammatory, but you don't want it. It can also cause you know your blood to be thinner. So you do not want to take vitamin C within two weeks of surgery. I love that. I always recommend that for my endo people who are going to do excision surgery, that they do the vitamin C, but stop two weeks before. That's awesome. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Were those the three things? Those Those were the, yeah, the main things before. And then right after my surgery, I took a lot of Arnica Montana homeopathic remedy for bruising and muscle soreness. I'm sure your community is familiar with it. I don't know if they are. That's great. Arnica. Okay. Uh Perfect for muscles. Yep. Sure. 
Yep. Yeah. And then I continued my amino acids afterwards. I stuck with a really whole foods paleo diet afterwards. Like I tried mm-hmm. to optimize every bit of nutrition I possibly could, stayed away from alcohol, really tried to get a lot of sleep and sun. I tried to keep my vitamin D levels pretty high. And so I was taking a lot of vitamin D afterwards too, just to support my immune system um, after surgery and recover from, you know, not only the surgery, but then also like the drugs they give you afterwards are, are, it's no joke, you know, like there were three, two days, I think I spent on some pretty heavy duty painkillers and I needed them for those two days, but then I had to go back to work and start taking care of my kids again. And I can't drive if I'm on painkillers. So I would just take my amino acids and try to eat really well and, you know, breathe through the pain for a couple of days, but my recovery was, was pretty quick. Wow. That's great. That's super helpful for people who might be thinking about going through this and are probably already in the weeds of the Dr. Google and what are all the things I need to do and blah, blah, blah. It's just a lot to think through. So thank you for distilling it down to like three things that you did before and and then a couple things you did after. That's amazing. Is there anything else you want to tell this community about breast implant illness and your process of getting through it? Yeah. Just again, like Sophie said, like it's, it's your body and, and you get to choose what to do with it. There is like no shame in having them, no shame in getting them out, no shame in keeping them. Like for a lot of women that I talk to like, they don't have any symptoms, you know, it could be a, a nice thing to have them out, but it's not necessarily like something that you need to lose sleep over, especially if you can't afford it financially, or it's not the right time in your life to do it. So, um, there's so many things you can do to support your body's health. Aside from that, like just eating lots of protein and getting out in the sun every day and making sure that you are sleeping, you know, eight hours a night, mostly before midnight, right. Making sure you, I got my cat on my lap, like doing all the, doing all the cuddles, right. With like people and animals and just making sure that you're connected in a community. I love that. Yeah, definitely going back to the fundamentals of what we call dress at FDN. As FDNs, we talk about diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. And stress reduction includes playing with your cat, for sure. And it also includes potentially removing those hidden stressors. And and this would be another one that's newer to the field, but something that if maybe it sounds like also something that if you've done all the other things like you did and you're like, Hmm, I'm still getting stuck on something, taking a look back and being like, Ooh, is this the right time? Is this part of my story? I love that. Cool. Where can people find you if, and do you take, it sounds like you're taking clients now with BII. Yes, I am working with clients actively who've got breast implant illness or suspected breast implant illness. It's not a diagnosis at this point. So it's mostly a constellation of symptoms. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I am happy to kind of walk you through that process or support you if you feel like it's something that you, um, you know, are suffering from but can't necessarily get the um, explant surgery at this time. So I'm online. Uh, My website is jenniferwoodwardnutrition.com. I'm on Instagram, Jennifer Woodward Nutrition, Facebook, Jennifer Woodward Nutrition. So um, I love of my community of like online women. I'm happy to answer questions. I try to post a lot of content that just like teaches and educates. It's my favorite thing. So I appreciate you letting me share, Sophie. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jennifer is amazing if we haven't already established that in the last like 45 minutes. So definitely if you are in this position of breast implant illness or you just want to talk to her further, please go check out her Instagram and her website. She has amazing resources. And if you trust me, then trust that I trust Jennifer and go follow her. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your knowledge. 
Sophie, thank you. And you know, all those feelings are totally mutual. I just adore you, girl. So I'm so glad we got to just sit and chat today. Thank you for having me. Me too. Awesome. And for everyone listening, I will see you in two weeks with the next episode. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.